What the I exclaimed even though there was no one else in the room. I sat in my office aboard the spacecraft, the USS Liberty, I commanded at the front lines of the Freedom Alliance Crimson Fleet War, a battle of good versus evil as the Crimson Fleet were set on creating a one-world, totalitarian government. In 2100, Earth's armed services joined forces to create a United Nations-like organization called the Freedom Alliance. By 2150, a sect no longer agreed with what the Freedom Alliance believed and formed the Crimson Fleet. I reviewed the documents my godmother, President Madeline Maddie Ashton, sent me, who spent the last week and several more weeks doing a tour of Earth's colonies, the front lines and various points along the way before heading to Sierra Seeks to spend her birthday with her godchildren, children, grandchildren and closest inner circle. Why? In addition to running the Liberty, my husband, Lt. Col. Nate Jaguar Masters and I served as Freedom Alliance agents for the Intergalactic Intelligence Bureau, IAB, solving crimes in space. Chip, get me Johnny Remini on the line, I instructed the computer system. A few minutes later, I heard, Lucky Star, where have you been? We've been trying to get a hold of you for days. You worried us and your godmother. Johnny owned a jazz club called the C-Sharp in D.C. A place where an abused teenager found a family who called her their lucky star and introduced her to jazz music and modeled for her what true loyalty looked like. When the owner of the land on which the C-Sharp set wanted to sell it, a friend bought it for me, which is how I came to own a stake in my first jazz club. Not sure. I can't remember last week. At first I thought it was my usual memory loss at the hands of Harrison, only no one on this vessel remembers the last week. Preliminary reports indicate we went through a spatial distortion. I picked up the latest picture of my family the whole lot of them. What do you know about the project, Twin Effect? That's what we were calling about, how much do you know? I put down the photograph and moved to the window seat next to my desk. Instead of hearing tidbits from the politicians and elite of D.C. and giving it to your agent friends, I observed, looking out at the stars rushing by, I think you would have made an excellent agent, then again, the C-Sharp family wouldn't have my back if you had, so scratch what I said. My mind raced about how and why me and my crew couldn't remember the last week. Was it a spatial distortion? Or something else? Somehow, though, watching the stars calmed me. Things happened as they were supposed to. Johnny replied. I could hear Ziggy Simone, the lead singer, in the house band, crooning out some enchanted evening. I could make out the drums, keyboards, saxophone and guitars as well. I remembered all the nights I spent listening to the music and dancing with a dark-haired Latino named Cougar who introduced me to the C-Sharp and the mess of misfits turned family. My lips inched into a smile. Although he died years ago, his impact on my life lived on, not only did he introduce me to the C-Sharp, he led me to the IIB as well. My mother, a federal agent, spent more time solving her cases than rescuing me from Dr. Harrison Strasser, the man who raised me, abusing me in every way imaginable. I never wanted to be her, so being a federal agent never crossed my mind. That changed when Cougar realized I had a natural talent for casework and set out to cultivate my gift. He repeated, how much do you know? I know that for the last 50 years, the rate of twins and multiples being born is at an all-time high, higher than at any other time in recorded history, and reports have come across Aunt Maddie's desk that indicate the reason might not be a natural phenomenon. The question is why is this so-called phenomenon worthy of Jaguar and Peacock investigating it? We are freaking legends at the IIB, although Graham will never admit that, and having us investigate the twin effect doesn't sound, 
unless there is more to it. There has to be more to it, like it's a plot to take over the world or something. I drew in a deep breath, rolling my eyes, and remarked, I hope this is not one of Harrison's experiments because I want to put that man behind me once and for all. That is understandable, but I'd be looking at the government and not Harrison. The government? Why would they want the world to have more multiples? Johnny said with grave deliberation, that's what you have to find out, isn't it? Without missing a beat, he added, I've got to go. I'll call you if I get any more information. Then the communique ended. Government? Whose government? Ours or someone else's? Why would a government care about twins? And what did Aunt Maddie know? Did she know where this would lead? Or in what direction? I saw the twin effect in my own life. My brothers were twins. My mother a triplet inside a quintuplet package. I had male-slash-female twins. My sister-in-law had male twins. Caught up in my own thoughts, I didn't break out of them until I heard a deep, female voice tell my company clerk, Lieutenant First Grade Melissa Ace Thornhart, in a loud voice, I am here to see Colonel Masters. I'm Judge Valentine, I sighed. I knew this couldn't be good. Ma'am, I am sorry. You do not have an appointment. You are not on the dropper list. However, I can get you an appointment to see her two weeks from Monday. 10.30 in the morning, okay? I heard the judge slam her hands on the desk. No, you will let me see her now. It is about my son and grandson. I rose from my seat, rushed toward the entrance and tore through the doors. I stood face to face with the imposing woman who must have stood 5 apostrophe 11, 6 apostrophe 0 with a large build, which appeared healthy on a woman of her stature. She possessed a broad nose and high cheekbones that highlighted her smooth, dark features. Her jet black hair tightly formed a bun at her nape. I could see gray sprouting on top of her head. I was surprised she hadn't plucked or dyed them by now. She usually didn't tolerate such an imperfection in her appearance. Dressed in what appeared to be a tailor-made, black suit, heavy, long silver earrings dangled from her ears that matched the necklace hugging her neck. What the I thought we said all we had to say to each other when, I started, glancing over at my company clerk, who with her long red braids and fierce pale green eyes, wearing her standard black flight coveralls similar to mine, looked as if she were ready to pounce on the woman, you cursed me up one side and down the other, looking back to the judge. You have never cared about either one of them, so why are you here? The judge swung around to rake her eyes over me. He told one of his sisters that he is engaged, and they are raising his son. I saw the recognition form in Ace's eyes. I folded my arms and required, and? I've done research on this, she countered, using air quotes, fiancé of his. She is a hick from Oklahoma. Her parents, wrinkling her nose, are farmers. She is one of nine children. She doesn't have the sophistication and breeding necessary to be a part of my family. You have to talk him out of marrying her. He listens to you. He is going to make a mistake like he did with his first wife. I was so glad he got it annulled. A seethed out of the corner of my eye. I motioned for her to simmer down, then persisted, I don't get it, you don't care about your son or your grandson until they fall in love and want to marry. You just want to keep your reputation pristine, to continue to be a revered pillar of the community. I worked hard for that reputation. You have too. I shook my head and retorted, I don't have to do anything. I wasn't good enough, my aunt wasn't, but you loved Dr. DeCorte who is the reason your son and grandson almost landed in prison. She huffed. She was framed. I raised my eyebrows. 
Seriously, Judge? We are going to turn a blind eye to the evidence? I am very thorough in my investigations. I don't put anyone in prison who doesn't deserve it. I could let all your secrets slip if you don't help me, she persisted, holding my gaze, like how you have been seen in the company of people like Cypress Warner and other mobsters. Ace gasped. I gave the judge a dismissive wave and decided, go ahead. I will not help you. The woman he is engaged to is more of a woman than you will ever be. She is the best thing that has happened to him and his son. I will sue him for custody of my grandson. I'll win, she insisted, playing with her earring, because I am. Using your grandson to get your way, I questioned her, looking her up and down. You kicked him out instead of standing by him. Moving him away from his father, friends and girlfriend is not exactly doing what is in his best interest. She stormed toward the travel tram, an elevator that moved up, down and sideways. Before the doors opened, she called out, You haven't heard the last of me. You okay? I asked Ace, moving toward her. She nodded, but I could see the tears in her eyes. I navigated around her desk and drew her in my arms. Don't worry about her. She doesn't like me either. Decorte has conned her with that snowy white, innocent act of hers. What if she tries to sue us for custody? She shifted her head away to see me better. You both have my resources at your disposal, and even Judge Valentine is aware how impressive my contacts are. I tilted my head to the side and posed, it's time to go home. Do you and the boys have plans for dinner? I thought you could all join us at Cougars. I led her to the travel, tram. I could really use a drink after dealing with her. From John John's non-alcoholic line, of course. Her and I used to go round and round when Milano was younger. He is where my addiction to rescuing children started. You say addiction like it is a bad thing. I admire you for using your resources to help those in need. I rolled my eyes and admitted, Jack doesn't see it that way. I guess if this is the worst manifestation of my childhood trauma, I should be grateful. With Dr. Weinhardt starting that children's hospital, Jag convinced me to take in medical foster children. Children who need medical services best performed by a precise android doctor. The kids would stay with us until they have their treatment and are well enough to go home. These would be children whose parents could not be present due to work, illness or other obligations. Once in the travel tram, she moved to the back of the car. I like that idea. Then she glanced at the ground, then up at me. What if she breaks fireball and I up? How? She is not a part of his life. He was raised by his grandma. When his grandma died, Judge Valentine kicked him out at 16. If he is going to listen to anyone, it is the C-Sharp family, to Johnny, who he knows he can trust. Judge Valentine and her husband, Frederick Mahoney, Fireball, Zuri and Asia's dad, are still technically married because both are from affluent families who look down on divorce. They are pieces of work. I put my hands on Ace's shoulders and said in a low voice, that woman is going to have to get through me to break Fireball and you up. As the door split open at her stop, she flashed me a brilliant smile and declared, thank you, Peek. I'll check with Fireball and Milano about joining you all for dinner. I took the travel tram to my quarters. A thousand thoughts swirling in my head. How did Judge Valentine get on board if we are on lockdown, if we don't remember the last week, is it possible she has been aboard for that long, why was the twin effect investigation delegated to Jaguar and Peacock, one of the top teams at the IIB, why would a government care about increasing the amount of multiples born on earth and its colonies? When the doors opened, I walked toward my quarters.